In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Bob 154. Just cranking it up here. Ramsey, Barker, and Bird back at it again. Look at, look at us, <laughs> yeah. the trio. I think it's 154 <laughs> episodes to get a guest as, as renowned as this one. Renowned. Yeah. <laughs> we also got Greenius over here. Hello. Say what up. Um, I'm from Vancouver. I've never heard of you before, so I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah no, that's good. That my, actually, my, my former uh, longtime uh, radio partner moved to Langley. Oh really? Yeah, he moved. Oh shit! He moved from here to Langley, right Terry right hometown. Yeah, really. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't wild, know, small ass like yeah, it's not crazy. Sorry. Um, this is Ted Bird. He uh, he co-hosted a very popular uh, radio show on the most popular rock station in the province, uh, Show 'Em FM. It was uh, Terry Terry and Ted in the morning. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you did stuff before and after that as well. You're still, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, uh, I've been in the business for 45 years. Jeez. Terry and I got together 35 years ago, and wow. we had about a 20 year run. And then he went out to Calgary wow. after a, a program director who uh, he didn't like and who didn't like him ran him out of Shome. And a few years later, a program director I didn't like who didn't like me ran me out of Shome. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> But now we're back together on the podcast, on the yeah. Standing by Terry and Ted podcast. And we also do a Saturday morning show on uh, the little radio station in Hudson, Quebec, where I host the morning show Monday to Friday. Wow. So we do it from, a, from Terry does it remotely from BC, and uh, we record it like Thursday or Friday, run it Saturday morning. But he flies in for the podcast. Yeah. Like this guy. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I live in Toronto, so I, yeah. I got to come here every every time. Yeah, but, yeah. So well, you know, it's... so you know who who are the bottoms in the relationship when they got to fly in, hey, right? Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> Dedicated. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm the most powerful bottom, Chris. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've done any, uh, if you guys have done any podcasts remotely, but um, it's not the same as when you're you got when you're really in the same isn't. room, eye yeah. contact, body language. It just makes all the difference in the world. Interrupting too yeah, on online, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Yeah, Terry and I have been working together for 
you know, like I say, for 35 years yeah. and, uh, and online, it's just not as smooth as it is when you're, just, when you're sitting across from each other. I just never stop talking in, in those <laughs> situations. It's way fucking easier. Just carry on. Fair enough. You know, like, it's a good trick. This guy's going to bore me anyways. I'll just fucking power through it. No problem. Not you. I meant the online guys, but yeah. Uh, give me time. I'll yeah. bore you. <laughs> yeah. That's a, uh, that's incredible. Like, I mean, we know of some like magician duos in our realm, like Penn and Teller. I'm sure you're familiar with sure, Penn yeah. and Teller. Yeah. Those guys have been together, arguably, I think maybe longer, even like I or think just so, as yeah. long. Yeah. 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 Um, they have a really interesting relationship between the two. I've met both of them, hung with both of them, stand up guys. And um, they don't actually like, they don't have a friendship. And they'll openly admit this. Openly, it's business only because he said, uh, like, this sort of mutual respect will outlast anything else, mm-hmm. and that's what they wanted to ensure, right, for their own business. Uh, so it's it's weird. I was at uh, their show, and I was with Penn in the back, and then Teller comes in, says, like, hi to us, doesn't even look at Penn, and just walks out. But, like, it was totally cool. It was like, yeah. oh, yeah, we don't. Well, I guess to each their own, but, you know, Terry and I have a really strong friendship. He's been my yeah. best friend for as long as we've... That's as awesome. we've worked together and i hear it with you guys too when i was listening to you guys yeah. you know i can hear i can hear the friendship there and i think that i just think That's it makes way. it that much better yeah it just makes it that much better and what's interesting about terry and me is that there's never been a crossword between us like there has never been a crossword wow. between yeah. us and i'm sure that there are little things about each other that you know may bug the other guy a little bit but it's it's never worth it's never worth going there and bringing yeah. up. And if it was, I'm sure that I would or or yeah. he would. But yeah. we're just, you know, we're like brothers. I really. think you should list them now. You should list all the things <laughs> now. Like, this is the time. That fucking guy. Actually, the only thing I don't like about him is that he's best friends with Justin Trudeau. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't bring that up. Actually, he moved pretty far away. That's inconvenient for a friendship. So that's yeah. Like, yeah, well, you know what? Bullshit. You know what? He loves BC. He always yeah. used to go out to BC. He'd always go out west on his vacation. And then when he retired, or when they retired him, yeah, uh, he made the move. And uh, you know, I'm, I may be talking out of turn here, but I think that he's finding that for him, because it's not home, it's that classic great place to visit. But yeah, he underwent open heart surgery back in January, and so he was out there with his wife. And that was it. There was no other support. There was just his wife. Family was all back here. And he almost died. Like, he had complications. He got a blood infection. He had pneumonia. It was touch and go for several days. He was in intensive care for 28 days or something. And she was alone out there taking care of him and advocating for him in the hospital. And I think that that, you know, that kind of drove it home to them that, you know, you know what? It's beautiful out here. It's BC. It's beautiful. Uh, But it's not home. This is home and this is where family is. Right. And I think they might be rethinking it. I'm trying to encourage him to move back. Because if he moved back, we could do a podcast every week. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't have to fly him in and knock off 10 in five days. So I I would hope he would go move away and die quietly. If Chris, if Chris had a problem, I would like go fuck nice. him out of here. Yeah, but but Wes is like one of those really uh, dependent pets that dies just like a year after <laughs> right. the owner does. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I hate you have more money than me. That's the only difference right now. That's funny. Uh, he actually uh, like during more, by the way. during the two years we don't talk about. Yeah. 
he um you know lost a lot of gigs during then and that stuff so and chris bought a spare house yeah he, wow next door to me so he figured out how to work it yeah so he lived he lived next door to me yeah. for uh, a year and it was yeah. a, it was amazing having uh him as a neighbor mm-hmm. he's my best friend and, and yeah it yeah. was it was incredible it's like you don't get to choose your neighbors you know so uh having that and then we'd we'd podcast all the time it was great it's pretty telling though that after i moved out that's when you got rid of the hedge between the two houses <laughs> <laughs> you still wanted to keep a little barrier. Yeah. As soon as I move out, you're like, get the fucking. I was trying to make it higher, actually. <laughs> while you were, I already couldn't see over. Yeah. Now. Anyways, so oh, yeah, shit. 45 years in the radio business. Crazy, eh? That is what was what was it like coming in? I'm sure this is like a rock and roll era, kind of like this is before digital anything. Yep. And you're you're you're. I mean. It's like rock stars when you think about it. You know what I mean? Radio hosts were yeah. like in big cities. Yeah, I started yeah. in a small town. I started or a small city, Charlottetown, PEI, and I started at at uh, I guess what you would call a full service radio station. You know, it did everything. It played you know pop music during the day, rock music at night, country music on the weekends. Right, there was no fixed format. And, uh, you know, everyone who was, who was working there except me, I was 19, I think, when I got my first gig. And everyone else had been there for years and years and years. Wow. And 1978, and uh, my starting salary was $8,100 a year. <laughs> and I don't like to brag, but I make almost <laughs> twice that. <laughs> that. I don't even know if that's a lot. See, that's how disconnected I am from 1978. And uh, it wasn't a lot. It was, you know, it was it was a livable wage in Charlottetown, yeah. PEI at that time. Right. I rented my own apartment. I didn't have a car, yeah, but I rented my own apartment and I could buy my groceries and stuff. Um, and you love doing but, it, yeah. And I loved doing it, yeah, yeah. Very few people make big money in radio. And yeah. but like, if you're doing it in Charlottetown, then you must have been like. People would obviously know you. Like you go out, like it, it, I, I imagine it's that small. It'd be like you'd be quite well. They recognize, yeah, they recognize your name, but I mean, they don't you know, your face. Yeah, yeah, and also on the celebrity food chain, radio local radio personality is just below rodeo clown, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. or sorry, just above rodeo <laughs> clown, but below team mascot. Uh, yeah, like, still above mime though. <laughs> that's true, but like <laughs> more people know who Yuppie is than know who I am. <laughs> And that helps me, you know, stay humble and, and keep it in perspective. What yeah. I like about it is you get, or I get recognized just enough that it's flattering and not so much that it's intrusive. Beautiful. And that's a nice balance. Yeah. yeah that's why I tell myself too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 in Vancouver where I was growing up there, uh, Red Robinson was like fucking, yep. he was like, he was a legit celebrity. Yeah. And I don't know, I guess I thought he was just a fucking DJ guy, but I don't know. He's like transcended it somehow. He was yeah. Like Did he pass bad. fairly yeah. recently? I thought so. Yeah. 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 So I don't know much about him. I just know the name. I know he was iconic. Yeah. In, it in was Vancouver. like, yeah. it, it was. So who, who's somebody you look up, you looked yeah. up to? Uh, back then, well, you know what? I didn't have. I wasn't one of those guys. Most like Howard guys who, Stern was most, he? Was no, he? Well, no. How I don't. Howard Stern wasn't quite on the map yet right. at that time. I think what really put him on the map, or at least brought him into into awareness for me, was fuck. It was what a terrible thing when that um, there was a plane that crashed on takeoff in Washington, went into the Potomac River. Hit never, the, never started joke with the punchline, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and. Uh, a lot of people died. I think I think a few got out. Anyway, Howard Stern, the next day, 
called the airline and asked them when their next flight into the Potomac. No, when's your next flight to the 14th River Bridge, 14th Street Bridge over the Potomac River? Like it was so Holy bad. Shit. It was so yeah. bad. But, you know, it was that was what he did yep. back then. I don't. Yeah, I don't know that he does that so much now. I don't listen to his show, but my understanding is he's become a, a really good interviewer. Yeah, he's a like really good EGT interviewer. as well, doing like the pressing the button and stuff. One of the judges there. He did, he did that, that, but that was years ago. That was years ago, yeah. was yeah. it? So he's like, his, yeah, his serious radio thing, like he makes yeah. it mint. He's like, you know, he's like yeah, yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars a yeah. year. But I've been told that he's he does interviews now. He gets A-list guests, oh, yeah. and apparently he's a hell of an interviewer. Well, let's speak of guests. Like what's... Uh... What's a memorable guest to you? What is something Holy that shit. left a mark like you think about it every month? Uh, well, I don't know if there's anything I think about every month, but Dan Aykroyd came in one time. Oh, shit. Yeah. He oh, was, we shit. like Dan Aykroyd. He was peddling yeah. vodka. <laughs> I, I love forget, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, I forget what the brand was, but he... Uh, Crystal Skull or something? No, is that yeah. Were you sober back then? Or is yeah, it, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, so yeah. You guys yeah. are like trying to... Trying to get it done on the on the yeah radio. and okay, uh, and my son my my older son Sam was with me and Sam was about ten at the time and uh, another guy who came in and uh, and was a real uh, it was a big thrill because I've been an F one fan for a long time Mika Hakkinen came oh yeah and this was post retirement oh and wow. he was he was uh, working as an ambassador I believe for Mercedes and he came into the radio station so I brought my other son Charlie who's a real gearhead and Charlie at the time was maybe five years old and when Charlie was that age we'd be driving down the highway and there'd be a car way off in the distance and he'd go Lexus wow fuck it was a Lexus so he's autistic <laughs> well actually I I think he has Asperger's yeah. but he's like That's he's awesome. brilliant when it comes to cars yeah. but and when he was that age he would only recognize high end cars <laughs> like if you know if a if you know That's if the a type Chevy Asperger's Malibu want, yeah if a Chevy Malibu went by he didn't give a shit yeah. you know anyway so I bring him in to meet Mika Hakkinen and he must have been this is 2007 I think so Charlie's about 6 and uh, I introduced him to Mika Hakkinen, and Charlie says, uh, you ever drive a Bugatti? <laughs> and uh, Mika Hakkinen says, uh, yeah, he says, a thousand horsepower. And Charlie says, a thousand and one. <laughs> because wow. that's the actual spec, a thousand and one horsepower. Oh, that's so So cool. Charlie, the six, my six-year-old son, was setting Mika Hakkinen straight yeah. on the specs on a Bugatti. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that amazing. one horse would have felt so bad. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you got to mention him. Yeah. Bit of a pedant there, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. 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 Oh, shit. You're also, uh, you're also a comic, too, right? Do you just stand up? Not full-time, yeah. I, 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 I dabble. I saw your set, by the way. You killed it. It was at uh, Pantelis's, uh comedy night. He has an English comedy night at the Bordell. At the Bordell, yeah. That and was you fun. Did, I like that. You did so well. Well, he, I couldn't have done that well because they haven't invited me back yet. I keep saying to Pantelis, you know, I'd like to come back on a Tuesday night. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I get it. There's a lot There's a lot of guys doing yeah. it, and there's a lot of young guys, and they deserve, I loved it. They deserve their shot. But I do it like I, I Call them out. I dabble. What are you doing? Get yeah. this guy back on. I texted Mike Ward three months ago. Said I want to do my full hour at the board down. He's like, Yeah, yeah. Talk to Pentelis. That sounds awesome. I talked to Pentelis. Pentelis, I'll get back to you. <laughs> well, he's so busy. He's no, that's what, so uh, busy. If, yeah, yeah. I, so when you do, you, do you do straight stand up as well as magic? Yeah, yeah. But I would never do more than like say fifteen doing straight okay. stand up. Yeah. I always put the magic yeah. That's eventually. about what I've got too. And mostly, yeah. mostly I MC and I MC local charity events. Like we're doing a Legion. Um, Joey Elias uh, um, does what he calls um, the, the um, what does he call it? 
the Legion of Friends tour, mm. and we go and we do fundraisers for legions around the Montreal That's area. Cool. That's awesome. And I'm the I'm the designated uh, MC. MC gigs are nice. Yeah, I do like I do like one a year with uh, card the Cartopia for like the playing card company. Or I love it. Like I think it's like the smoothest yeah. gig. But you ever. know what I'm still learning to do with that, Chris, is like if I'm just doing a set, I've got my set in my head. And I'm, you know, I know what all my material is. An MC's job is to warm up the crowd and engage the crowd. Yeah. And that's like, that's a challenge if you're not used to that. And I'm yeah. still working on that. I'm still getting there yeah. with that. And it's a lot different for if you're a, a radio guy, yeah. you know, you're used to, there's not an audience. You're just, you, you do your thing and you turn off your mic and you go, fuck, I killed it. That yeah. was great. Right. And it's all, it's all about the voice too. And in person, you got to, yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. play bigger than. Yeah. And you see, you see yeah. the immediate reaction yeah, from the audience. The and conversely, I've had standups in on, on the radio and they're out of their element yeah. when they're, when they're not getting that because instantaneous. Because facial expressions yeah. aren't translating. Yeah. And... yeah. But I, uh, yeah, I, I really, I enjoy it a lot. And, and in the last couple of years, I don't know what happened exactly. I think it might've been, uh, we did a Legion show out in Hudson and Hudson is where the radio station is that I work and I get up on stage and right away I felt the crowd was with me because mm -hmm. they knew me and they already know me and like me because they listened to me and it relaxed me and gave me confidence and it was the best hosting gig I'd ever done and it was a breakthrough for me I'm a lot more confident and less uh less nervous on stage now that's interesting that. I um I pretend the audience knows who I am okay to get comfortable actually, actually that's, a not, that's a pretty good idea it's a trick I've I've always used because in an audience, like if there's a hundred people, there might be ten people who do know who I am. You fucking um, narcissist. Ten? That's ten percent. <laughs> it used to be twenty-five. Um, like, Mr. Seven million oh, YouTube yeah, subscribers. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, these guys are looking at me again. They're looking at me. I'm like, no one's fucking looking at you, dude. He's always it's so great. Some guy comes up, the Don't ballet you know comes who up I to think get the I keys, am? and he's like, just signs the keys, hands them back. It's fucked up. Man. <laughs> you want a selfie? He's like, no, I'm the ballet. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, but he, he did want. Yeah, he really did want. Um, he used to try to ask. Uh, <laughs> but like, I, I also use that trick. I think it's very interesting because there's something about like, oh. They already like me, so I don't have to win them over. So you don't have to break that barrier, and you feel instantly more comfortable. So yeah. I've been doing that every time I go on stage. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And so when there is a gig where they genuinely do know who you are and they come to you know your show because they know who you are or whatever it is, that is like so. Well, that's all I do. I don't do yeah. out-of-town gigs. I just do local stuff, and yeah. it's usually fundraisers. and, and uh, So you've always got that support. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The that's crowd's great. always on my side right out of the gate. Like, i got to fuck up pretty good to get them off my, uh, yeah. you know, off the team. It's crazy uh, how important, like, that even, like, say you are out of town or whatever, they don't know you. Getting that first laugh early. Yeah means everything i've seen comics like not do well and turn it around and i do not possess that skill set if it's not going well at the top be ready for it to carry on and yeah i was cringe. gonna ask you guys what do you do when it starts to go sideways or if you feel it going sideways it, it can go sideways in the middle and I, i'm okay because i still have some residual confidence i see what you, but right off the top <laughs> of it goes sideways yeah, like, yeah. Oh, well, i'll keep yeah. plowing ahead i'll give yeah, up yeah, well and what, just be like well i'm just gonna keep doing me. you have to yeah. you have to what else what else are you gonna do so do you tailor your material so that you know you've got one of your killer jokes right off the top and and uh, try to get that big laugh definitely yeah yeah definitely. i mean there's been a few dicey situations where I've uh, had to stop a trick knowing that there wasn't anything else that was going to happen. 
you forgot to set it up properly kind of thing yeah like there's supposed to be a prediction in the box it's not in the box and i was like midway through the trick and i'm like oh <laughs> yeah i'm like hey this is not gonna work or yeah. uh, i'll just uh one time i waited for the end and i was like oh, i f- forgot the prediction at home was my which is <laughs> like an funny. okay joke and they're like ha 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 but i'm a magician <laughs> so they're like Right, and then I'm like, no, really, <laughs> it's at home. I gotta do the next trick. Another thing that's really big in stand-up that I've noticed watching other guys is likability. Mm. A guy like Sugar Sammy, Sugar yeah. Sammy is so likable on stage. He's so likable. Yeah, he ticks like all the boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah he really does. Yeah. Um, I find Mike Ward's very likable. Yeah, oh, especially yeah. considering how filthy Love and inappropriate him. he can yeah. be on and know? off stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. on and off stage, yeah. same guy. Yes. Same, yeah. like literally. Yeah. Sammy too. And that's important. And that's yeah. important in radio too. You know, there's, there's a radio consultant who for my money is the best on the continent. Her name is Valerie Geller. And she says uh, two things you want to hear as a radio personality from a listener. One is I couldn't get out of the car until you were finished. Oh, wow. That's if you hear that, you know, you're doing it right. And the other one is I feel like I know you. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I've heard that a lot over the years. So I get, I get that, that one. That goes, well, because you're probably the same person on stage that yeah. you are off the right. stage. You're the same person on this podcast that you are off this podcast. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, you know, people can people can sniff out insincerity, man. They really yeah. can. Yeah. And they can, and at the same, by the same token, they can sniff out when you're being you. Yeah. And yeah, I've heard that many, many times over the years. And maybe once or twice, uh, yeah, you're the same asshole off the air that you are on the air. Yeah. <laughs> that's only because that's only because yeah, yeah. they're not Habs fans yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You're a Habs guy, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have been my whole life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, Han, what time you? Uh, what what times the morning show start for you? Uh, I get up at three thirty. I'm there at four thirty. The show starts at five thirty. AM. AM. Yeah. You get up at three in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen. At my age now, that's like my second pee, so I just stay up. <laughs> Shit, I don't man. need an alarm clock. I got a 64-year-old prostate. Yeah, but wait. Okay. Yeah, now you got the hack built in. When you were 31, though, what the fuck did yeah, you Yeah, well, when I was 31 and I was still drinking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Although I was He's, not, I was more. How many all nighters have you pulled? I, not too many. Not yeah. too many. I did a few. I did a few where I would go straight from, uh, from the bar. Or the party to work, but not too many at all. One of the all-time great. I want, air I checks. want those episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's, there was a great air check out of Calgary many, many years ago. This goes back to the '80s, and I wish I had kept it, but I lost it. And it's this guy who obviously has come directly from the bar or the party to work. <laughs> he's the news guy, and he's fucking hammered. And he signs on the news by going, "It's minus seven at six oh three. It's four degrees." so a he's got the news on three minutes late at 603 and then he has like an 11 degree temperature swing in two seconds and it just and it went all downhill from there and it was during um it was i think it was during uh the solidarity movement in poland so he he stupidly decides i'm gonna do this story about polish solidarity so he's got these polish names that are worth like (laughs) 600 points in Scrabble, right? And there's no fucking way he can get them out. And it's just, it was one of the classic, classic air checks I've ever heard. And like I say, I wish I had kept it. But that is that is fucking gold right yeah. there. If you See, that's the thing. I think nowadays with social media, we need a drunk guy on the air. Like, that would work, right? People would eat that shit up. Like, nowadays, mm. right? 
back then it was a fault. But now, yeah. if you have anybody, look at the guy dancing, doing the weather. This guy's doing all the TikToks right. and stuff. Like, I feel like can nowadays, like yeah, you can get away with probably a lot more than you could have back then. Weird, maybe. What, what was what was cens- censorship like during? Because you're you're a guy who likes comedy, obviously. Yeah. So. Like you, you have that in you to you know see a joke and not go there or like, yeah. I I think you can get away with more today than you could you know twenty five years ago, um, you know. But at the same time, you got to use your judgment. Like yeah. today, today you know no nine eleven jokes today. Yeah, you know it's well. Is it? It is the eleventh. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you know. Uh, Arguably the best time yeah. to make. Well, it was very relevant. Well, <laughs> really? how about, have you ever seen? Um, have you ever seen uh, God Rest His Soul? He was so good. Norm Macdonald. Oh, yeah. on one of his podcasts, there's a great clip. He's sitting there with a couple other comedians, and he goes, "I think maybe Jet Blue was was one of his sponsors." And he goes, uh, with that delivery, his, you know. Uh, JetBlue, for the fourth year in a row, has been named the airline with the best customer service. You know what the airline with the worst service is? Nine Eleven Air. And one of the other comedians goes, Jesus. And Norm MacDonald says, that's a terrible name for an airline. Reminds me of that tragedy. <laughs> that's the line right there. Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't afraid to go there. Yeah. Like, do you remember him on Saturday Night Live when oh, OJ yeah. was on trial? Yep. Wait, do I? How old were you in 1994 or yeah, 95? Whenever 10, OJ was on trial. 11. Yeah. He was, yeah. When OJ was on trial. And Chris he was, was a big fan of OJ. He was doing Weekend Update on Saturday Celeb. Night Live, and he was just taking it. Just yeah. taking the piss out of OJ all the time. That's the way to go. Though. Yeah. Especially well, that was, if you're Norm McDonald. Well, like, that was the only way he could do it. You yeah. know? What a loss that was. Yeah. He was so good. He was it, so good. It is, it is beautiful to... Um, you know, add levity. I think a lot of times in tragedy, and I think the contrast between tragedy and comedy needs to be broader for it to be funnier. Death and, plus time equals humor. Yeah, I've heard that. Or, said. or yeah, and and yeah, or uh, the least amount of it. Is yeah, also funny. Well, that's like you know <laughs> yeah. Howard Stern calling the airline and saying, "When are you flying your next one into the 14th Street Bridge?" You know? Yeah. I would let more time pass, I think, than twenty four hours. But that's that's a lot of a lot of comedians. They rush to the gates now. now when you had Kobe, yeah. uh, Ari Shafir was already there. Uh, I think uh, Tony Hinchcliffe. Uh, he's like, wait, uh, Kobe Bryant passed? Question mark. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Oh Christ! Right, and that's, that's good. It's a great that's joke. Really good yeah. because like you can yeah. read it both ways, yeah. right? And so you yeah. can get away with it. So he was yeah. being smart. About I'm not it. a big basketball guy, but was he a ball hog? Was he known yeah, for being yeah. a ball yeah, hog? Yeah, yeah. He was he hey? a lot of shots, yeah. but he but, yeah, he drained him though. But it's uh, it's one of those things where like I think especially if you're posting him on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, I heard somebody defending themselves saying, you know, if I'm posting an hour after tragedy on Twitter. The people that are actually really affected aren't on Twitter right now. Right. So yeah. it's like if anything, it's like it's okay. Like yeah, the families aren't on Twitter. Fucking it's it's for everybody else because it's sad and well, let's just make who's, it funny. Who's that comedian that was? Uh, I forget who it was. I think it was uh, Joe Rogan who cited him, and he said uh, he was at a show and he was doing a joke about a plane crash that had happened like a week before, bunch of deaths, and uh, somebody stands up and he goes, "My wife was on that flight." And now this guy, he's like, well, I got two choices. <laughs> and he's like, I just got to, I got to double down. Yeah. That's the only way to win the back or else my show is over. Yeah. He's like, right there, I'm like, show's done. So he goes, 
Let's dig her up and fuck her. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and the crowd lost it. Because like, they laughed? Of course. Holy shit. They were gasping and then laughing, but it's a comedy club. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I, I get that argument of, like, if you're not comfortable, humor sometimes. Uh, I sometimes wouldn't be able to take a joke if it was something extremely personal, maybe in a, in yeah. a terrible time of tragedy. Yeah. Perhaps. I don't know. Uh, hopefully I would be able to, but I, I don't know that, right? So if I didn't, I'd you get up, walk out, or you just wait for the next joke, whatever it is. But standing up is the wrong move. Right. You guys are regularly in the comedy milieu. Is there a um, is there a woke segment of the comedy community and a non woke segment? And how does that work? Like, are there certain places that you can't go depending on the club or? So there there is segments, but not like they're not really partitioned off by like clubs necessarily. But it's like certain nights yeah. or you know certain groups of, of people. Right. You're like like you just know. Um, oh, so and so is like running this show. Like, uh, like you're you're you're, so not, you're not you're not going to find Shane Gillis on May Martin's fucking show. Right, it's not going to happen. Right, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, there are separate audiences for sure. But... So are there normally themes then? Like, if May Martin was going to MC or headline a show, would would there be other comedians? Uh, yeah. With with her kind of ideological yeah. outlook outlook on the uh, on the normally that definitely the, they, they probably yeah. wouldn't say that outright, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like yeah. you can clearly see it in the content right yeah uh, you know like there's a lot of times too where you'll perform at uh, a club which during the week is like a, a queer club like a place for you know like an LGBTQ whatever yeah. like uh, comedy place but like you're just you're there for just your own act like the one we yeah. did in toronto right oh, right yeah yeah uh so we're just there doing our thing we did our podcast like yeah. you know so you, you got to be aware of that too being yeah. like oh this is you know arguably the best place to crack well, those jokes but i will say the one thing for sure i've noticed about comedy is um the woke people aren't as woke as they think they are and mm -hmm. the dark people aren't as dark as they think they are uh, so most people find like most audiences are like yeah that's fine and everyone's like, oh, I'm super dark and edgy. And it's like, they were totally fine. Yeah. And other people are like, oh, I'm and like, you just like make normal jokes. Like right. most people are just like, oh yeah, you're either funny or not funny. There's very well, that's it. I think in comedy, there's clean uh, comedy, which yeah. is uh, different from anything else I've ever encountered. But there's like literally clean. So like you've never said fuck on stage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like Seinfeld or yeah, right. Nate Bargatze. Nate Bargatze yeah. is a good I one. was listening, and I don't know how I got onto it recently, but I was listening to Steve Martin's first album. Oh, I, yeah. I think it was his first album, Let's Get Small. Let's Get Small. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And it was like, I'm listening to it and I'm going, is there anyone else in the 20th century who was funnier than this guy? Yo, and I don't think and he a was. magician. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And I don't yeah. think he was blue at all. He might have dropped. One f bomb, but what really struck me was uh, it was recorded in the mid seventies, I think, yeah. in San Francisco. I forget the name of the club, but he referenced it in his set. Admission was four dollars, four bucks to see Steve Martin. Wow, um, <laughs> you know, it, let's get small is insane. If you haven't listened to it out there, people should because uh, it's got so many visual gags in the show, but you're only listening to audio, huh. and it works. You, you're like, you're you're literally trying to imagine what's happening. He opens with with yelling at the spotlight and you have no idea what's going on, but he's on stage and there's no light. And he told the guy with the spotlight um, to no matter what I do, don't turn it on That's for like funny. five minutes. So he's out there screaming like, can I get a light? Can I get a And he's just losing his mind. <laughs> and it's really funny, but like you're listening audio and you have no fucking concept of what's happening, except you know what it is. And he does like, he has gags with like, like arrows through his head, all this weird shit. And it it plays somehow on audio, maybe just because you know what a G was, but like yeah. it's so weird that it plays. That's cool.
I love it. I'm a big fan. What? Um, so you said that censorship wasn't really an issue or anything, but was there was there ever a time where you had to deal with um, a guest that was unruly or or just like was there ever like an uncomfortable interview that you had to do not that i can recall fairly recently my daughter got married last september actually it's coming up to a year at the end of this month and uh one of her guests my daughter lives in france and so she had a bunch of people from europe she she got married here yeah Uh, her husband's from new york and so they figured uh well you know what my family can come up from new york we'll do it in montreal but they brought a bunch of people from europe and one of them was this friend of theirs, this woman from um, Paris, Australian, but grew up in Paris wow. with Australian parents, and a real—I can't even imagine that yeah, double growth. A real, a real <laughs> pistol, like a real pistol, like a short hair cross trainer. Like she was actually quite sexy. What's that accent like? I can't. Uh, even well, to... anyway, I had her. I, I, she was such a pistol. I said, "You got to come on my radio show on oh, Monday wow. morning before you fly back over," and she came on and. Um, and she dropped the F-bomb on my show. And I said to her, so you live in Paris now, but you're thinking about moving out into the country? Oh, yeah, my, I'm moving to Buckfoot nowhere. <laughs> you can't say that on the radio, Nikita. <laughs> she's she's moving, buttfuck. She's moving to buttfuck like, nowhere. Oh, what a cunt I yeah. am. Yeah, exactly. like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but you know what? There was no, there, I got no blowback because it was very natural and it was yeah. very funny. Right. Another time when I was still married and the boys were young, uh, my wife was at home with our daughter who was newborn. I'm, I'm off at work in the middle of the night. So we used to call her on the air because she's quite funny. <laughs> and um, we decided one morning we'd call her because uh, there was a, a water main broke at one of the boys' schools. Mm. And this was at the end of March break. So she was she was done, right? She's got yeah. the baby. She's got the boys home from March break. She can't wait to get them out of the house. Yeah. So I call them up. Charlie answers the phone. She picks up the extension. And I didn't realize that she had picked up the extension. And she didn't realize we were on the air. And I said, Charlie, did you know you don't have school today, buddy? And she goes, oh, you're fucking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great and again it could have been something that somebody could have complained about but on the contrary everybody who reacted said we get it so on. we, we yeah, get it yeah. yeah 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 it was real a, yeah it was real yeah, yeah. that's the difference yeah. have you ever yeah. done one of those uh like freudian slips i was listening to one from a radio guy the other day about He's trying to say you're supposed to turn your clocks back, but he's like, you got to turn your yeah. clocks black or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you got to yeah. turn your clocks I've, black. Yes, I've heard, I've heard that one. I don't know that I've ever... It's uh, a good one. It's I don't great. know that I've ever had one. I'd um, say that on purpose. I remember, uh, for whatever reason, I, I stumbled and stopped in the middle of the word country. I stopped after the first <laughs> syllable. And, so you just stopped a country? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Yeah. But it was like cunt country. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, country. I didn't leave it hanging there, you know, yeah. and nobody said anything. But listening, which back country to, is this? Yeah, listening back <laughs> to the air check afterwards, I thought, well, that's not good. That's not good. Cunt country's fun. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the fun part about doing YouTube. You just cut all that out. Yeah, you just be like ah, or put it in. That's why we have. <laughs> that's why we haven't done a live podcast, though. Yeah, it is. It is the very reason. Like we've had all our patrons. Like, so you're not streaming this live right now. This isn't. Okay, no, no. So no, I shouldn't no. have brought up that it was 9/11. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that you oh, can bring up. Yeah. We like to bring that up as often as possible. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it, a terrible it makes name them... for an airline. Yeah. <laughs> we're uh, we're time traveling here, so we're yeah. fine. We're uh, mas- we've mastered time. Nice, yeah. nice. Really. 
Yeah. Thank God for digital editing, eh? I don't know if you guys... You guys edited on tape? Or... Back in the day, back in my day, Yeah, yeah, we had um, a splicing pencil ha. and a razor blade, and you'd be reel-to-reel tape, and you'd find your edit, and you'd go, fuck, I hope this is it. And you'd mark it with the, with the pencil, and you'd splice it, and then you'd take Whoa. some tape, and you'd put it back together, and you'd listen back. And if you missed it, You'd have to pick up the tape off the floor and go, oh, fuck, where is it? Where's the Where's the part I need? Holy but shit. But digital editing is... All you're seeing oh. is audio, though. Yeah. You're just seeing waves. I'm just talking about audio. You're seeing waves. Because like, somebody editing film um, is far easier because you can actually see the frames and you can like, yeah. oh, this is when we clapped or whatever it was. But but on audio, you're guessing where the cadence is, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's still it's just, it's better than a fucking razor blade and a splicing pencil. I'm telling you, it's that what a nightmare that was. I and bet. there's all kinds Ooh. of little tricks with audio editing too. And I'm, you know, I don't know ten percent of what there is to know about editing. But you know, you've got little fade. You know, you can if 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 you edit something together and there's a click there, you know, you can fade out one end and fade in the other end right. and get rid of that click. Like there's all kinds of little yeah. tricks just for somebody who grew up on, uh, or who cut their teeth on, on, you know, splicing, uh, tape. It's yeah, just, now you feed it's into AI. Now. What, what you just be like, AI, take care of the edit. Make me sound yeah, better. Well, AI might replace me. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, uh, apparently some They're radio taking your voice right now. Some radio, <laughs> some radio execs are threatening that, you know, you know, yeah. AI is going to change the business. Oh Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was cool. AI was AI at the big opening of uh, Felix and Norton Cookie yeah, on uh, right. Saturday? Is AI going to be able to relate to the? Is AI going to give a shout out to the guy he met at IGA last night? He could. Is AI going to do that? <laughs> is AI going to go do, through a divorce and talk about? That's it right. Yeah. <laughs> there you, you know? go. Yeah. Like, That's the one. Yeah. Two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My dad said he said marry early, marry often. So is I'm that right? There you go. To take him up on. Yeah. That. Well, they say third time's the charm, but I haven't met her yet. <laughs> Yeah, she's out there on Patreon. Yeah, AI's making it. We'll figure, we'll find you one. Oh man! So, what year did it switch from from you using your pencil and tape? Oh, that's got to go back uh, early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, maybe even yeah, maybe even a little bit before. Damn. Yeah, yeah, I would say a little bit before. There's a program called Pro Tools. Right, uh, I I know Pro Tools. Yeah, that's yeah, music editing, editors, right? Use that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, well, the guys I can remember the guys like twenty five years ago, the pr- yeah. the production guys having that system in there. So Wild. yeah, it goes back a while. Mm. Thank God, Christ. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have a a good voice. When did you discover you had like a voice for it? Because you you have a good pronunciation, like you pronounce things well. You have a good vocabulary, and you're also you have a good tone of voice and all this. It's a kind of a perfect storm for being on the radio is that something you always knew when you were well, when you were younger? Not really, but when I was uh, when I was a teenager, George Carlin had an album called AMFM. Yeah. And he had uh radio spoofs on it, Wonderful Wino. And then he had another thing that would, he would do a, a fake newscast. And I could I could uh, mimic those to a T. Like I would memorize them and I could mimic them to a T. And all my friends' parents would say, "You should be a radio announcer." Yeah. So I took them at their word, and that's what I did. So George Carlin wow. was responsible for this. No shit, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, but the yeah the voice itself. Listen, yeah, I guess I have a I guess I have a nice voice, but you have to have something to say. I've met a lot of guys in the business over the years who've got big big pipes. They carry their nuts around in a wheelbarrow, but yeah. they got fuck all to say. Right. As a result of which, they don't last. Yeah. Or if they're lucky, uh, they're able to uh, make a living as as um, 
uh, as uh, narrators, voice actors. Yeah. But right. you got to put a script in front of them. Right. right. You know, I knew one guy who had a beautiful voice, and he said, "Yeah, I did talk radio for a while. That was hard. You got to know stuff." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you what do you do? Then you read a lot of books. Do you like? You know what? What's, your, since, what's your thing? Ever since these fucking things came along, yeah, you're just scrolling. I used, yeah, I used to read a book or two a week. Yeah. And now I haven't read a book. In... You audiobook? No, I oh, no. I, sh- I audiobook. guess I should. audiobook's yeah, the way. Dude, dude. That's but the I can't get off that thing. But I do on that thing. I'm I'm not only looking at porn. Right. <laughs> that only takes a few minutes. Yeah. And then I'm on to something. You know, yeah. I look at a lot of news stuff. I read. I try to read stuff that's relevant. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, current events. Uh, I'm a history buff, so I, you know, I'll I'll scroll history websites and and look at reading is really uh, you know you talk about vocabulary. Yeah. Reading is how you develop your vocabulary, that's and true. anyone who's a good writer is also a voracious reader, guaranteed. Right, dude. I never read either. Like I and I never I I never even ever read, and yeah. then I just on my phone. Thank God for audiobooks, but I fucking wrote a book behind you right there, and I had to read it, uh, narrate my own audiobook. Okay, and then I realized I'm retarded because <laughs> I cannot read out loud. I haven't done it since I was 11, and I'm like, holy fuck, this is so hard. I can riff all day long, but reading the words I fucking wrote, no sir, That's it took me funny. forever. It took me 30 hours to record three, six hours. <laughs> I don't know. That's so funny. <sighs> I'm the opposite. I can. I'll write scripts for these intros you do and stuff, and I love it. I love yeah. like, you know, the whole wordplay and yeah, it's fun. playing around with yeah. tones of voices and yeah. stuff. It, it really is an art, though. When you when you listen to, you know, guys like this who've been on forever, mm-hmm. like there is a there is an art into the crafting of, and the cadence and the tone and 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 the volume and and uh, you know all of these inflections that you develop uh, conversationally that you have to make. Uh, apparent audio wise without yeah. your face it, it's wild to very me. important in stand-up too mm. oh, yeah. really important in stand-up writing and delivery yeah it's uh yeah um another guy i was thinking about today for whatever reason dennis miller yeah dennis yeah miller's brilliant he's a great writer yeah. he's a great writer and he's got great talker s- yeah and such a great dry delivery and i was <laughs> i don't know why it crossed my mind today but i was thinking about he's got he had a special uh, that goes back to the Obama years, and he's standing in front of a podium that looks like the presidential podium, and he's doing it as the specials in Washington. And uh, one story he tells, which is if you if you ever get a chance, look it up on YouTube. Dennis Miller has uh, he has dinner with Frank Sinatra, and the story he tells and the way he tells it is absolutely brilliant. But he also talks about uh, when you get elected president. He says two things happen when you get elect when you get elected president. The first thing is they let you give the alien corpse at Roswell a titty twister. (laughs) He says, then they take you down to the basement of the White House and they open up the, here's how really fucked up things are binder. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here's some lube for you. Yeah. Um, Was your show... was it mostly talking? Are you playing music too, or what? Like, My show, the show I do now. Actually, every show I've ever done, except Terry and I had a little run at CJD, which is the like the the CFRB of Montreal. 10, okay, ten ten, yeah, yeah we're eight hundred. Uh, that was a talk show, but mostly we've we've done music. So do you have to know shit about music too? Well, it helps. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to, but it helps. Terry knows a lot more about about music than I do, so that's a you know that's a nice. Uh, um, balance, I guess. And, uh, but I still know, you know, um, I know enough, 
Um, but, you know, here's the time. Here's the temperature. Here's what happened last night. Here's who I met yesterday. Yeah. Um, here's a fun thing to do locally, you know. it's You're a sports fan, though, right? Yeah, I, did, I actually did sports for quite a little while. I yeah. Covered, I covered sports. I covered I covered the Blue Jays oh, shit. and the Leafs. I could see that. Uh, I covered the Leafs when the Leafs were, you guys probably weren't even born yet, uh, early 80s. Holy fuck, they were bad. Yeah. Holy <laughs> fuck, they were bad. Compared to what? Just, just, <laughs> yeah. just god awful. And uh, and the Jays bad. were just the Jays were just getting there when I moved to Montreal and covered the Expos here and the Habs. Yeah. But I haven't done right. sports for quite a few years now. But I am a sports fan. I'm a New York Giants fan, so uh, I got to bed early. That's rough. For the Sunday night season opener. <laughs> I was in bed before halftime. At 26 nothing. it was, fuck you guys. I'm going to bed. I got tickets. My son and I are going to do the, uh, we're completing the Florida road trip trifecta this year. We saw them in Tampa in 2019. They beat the Bucks. We saw them in Jacksonville last year. They uh-huh. beat the Jags. We're going to Miami October 8th to see them play the Dolphins. Yep. And after after the that fucking lopsided loss to Dallas in the season opener, I'm ready to sell my tickets. <laughs> I'm so fucking disgusted. <laughs> but that's a typical sports fan, right? Yeah. If they win next week, they'll be my heroes. Yeah. 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 They're like, I knew it. Yeah, yeah, they're going to the I knew Super they'd Bowl. pull through yeah. the boys. Yeah. They yeah. would never let me down. Yeah, but there was such big ex- – well, I have big expectations for them every year, but this year they were actually rooted in, in statistical and talent reality, but they just shit the bed in the opening yeah. game. Oh, man. Yeah. Thank God you didn't have any money on it. No, sir, not a, not a cent. <laughs> no. He's like, well, no. that's another thing. <laughs> no. God damn it. No, not a betting man at all. Yeah, I mean, either. I don't even – if I knew how, I would. That's fair. Me and me and, uh, me and Mike were joking around. I was uh, I was with Mike uh, Ward there in, in New York a few weeks back, and he's like, uh, he's like, fuck man, these podcasters in Montreal ended up selling their podcast for like eight million dollars or something. Yeah, Maxime Lapierre and yeah. uh, and uh, Guillaume Latendre. And it was it was it wasn't even like that big of a podcast, yeah. but it, it it hit a market because who bought it was like an online gaming platform, there right? Crazy. These guys got. A ton of money. They paid XQC, who's the guy from Laval, was 160 million for two years. It was like a kick or whatever, and Stake owns them. So it's a whole gambling thing. So me and Mike were joking the whole time. We're like, we should just start like a fucking gambling podcast. There you go, dude. Yeah, we're talking. yeah. like I'm for in. like six months and just sell it, dude. And we'll just yeah, we'll just I don't know. We started like texting back and forth like names and stuff like <laughs> like fucking play play to win or you're a loser like <laughs> like, like these type of like names for the podcast. It's funny, eh? even well, I could never do it. Is what I'm saying. I could I could never go that far and do even that. a sniff of gambling in sports. 10, 15 years ago was scandalous. Right. Now they're, uh, you know, they're yep. the major sponsors the now for money. all the, for all the, uh, UFC, all the major professional all the, leagues. Everything, yeah. everything, yeah. Yeah, if you don't think money talks, look at gambling I've been, and sports. I've been offered yeah. a lot of money, a lot more than any other uh, company's ever been willing to pay me for a video. 8,100 a year? 8,100 a year. 8,100? <laughs> No, yeah, uh, okay. my starting salary back in the yeah, day good to make a video of uh to like for integration or like uh, hey like this video is sponsored by whatever and i'm not going to name the companies yeah. but um there were big offers because they're giving they're throwing around a lot of money they don't care they're just swinging dick yeah and i it was i immediately i couldn't do it like i, I would never on on principle or yeah uh, you yeah. just you didn't feel comfortable no with i it? would never i would never promote gambling to kids Okay, good it's, for you. And, and all of these streamers, 
who are like they can go fuck themselves like honestly i think it's the most deplorable act because the kids yeah. watching are like 16 signing yeah. with their mom's account or whatever it is yeah. like, they're all young and then they're just like streaming online and they, gambling and they see shows. a fast buck i have no problem with gambling by yeah. the way gamble all the fuck you want but like once yeah. it's like hey use my promo code and then kids ringing up mom's credit card or, yeah. or, or, or or even you know somebody's losing their home over it it's it's not great well, people yeah. don't just lose their homes they're fishing bodies out of the uh out of the rowing basin uh, beside the Montreal Casino yeah. every once in a while. Yeah, so the moral of the story, pay your Probably fucking specific. debts. Yeah. Pay your yeah. fucking debts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or else you're fucked, right? Yeah. Gamble all you want. Pay yeah. your debts. Yeah. <laughs> Last time I went to the casino, I went to the uh, I went to the $5 blackjack table. And I don't know shit about blackjack. I know that, you know, you get as close to 21 as you can without going over, right? So there are actual players have these unwritten rules. Like if you're, I think if, if you're at 13, you stay, right? You don't take another card. 13 shitty. But right. if you take another card, you break up the run, right? right? You ruin the run. So I took another card, I busted. And the guy beside me is like, oh. I said, what's wrong? Well, you, you, you ruin the run. I, I said, know you know what? You know you're at the fucking five dollar table, eh? Yeah. Heavy yeah. hitter. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, guy. yeah. seriously. Anyways, Damn. we'll be hearing from him anytime soon because they just fished him out of yeah, the river. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that guy. And I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. no, that is wild. Yeah. I'm What's uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying I only play blackjack at tables with all my friends, so we can all just fuck around. Yeah, because I, I would, I hate that feeling of like someone that knows what they're doing. It's like, shut up, man. Yeah. We're all here losing money. Yeah, we're having fun. Fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wes actually only plays white jack. It's kind of racist. See, yeah. Yeah. That is, that's very racist, Wes. Um, yeah, dude. <laughs> blackjack what, lives yeah. matter, Wes. <laughs> oh, we got it. Uh, Forty. Oh, we're good. We're golden. Uh, good. Uh, what's in radio, like I mean, you're 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 in. Are you going for a piss? Nope. What are you doing? You got a surprise? Nope. He's just had enough. Oh, you got a reserve. Oh, he's going for more beer. Plan. Am I going to have to twelve step him? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so no, I, honestly, yes, ten, not, ten more years. Give me ten, ten more years. Honestly, ten more years. it was the reason I wanted to bring you on the podcast. <laughs> mentioned I low level thought that I'm like, is this Chris's lame ass attempt at it? I've been telling him for years that one day this will be an intervention. Um, I, so here's my advice to, well, let's talk about it. Uh, here's my advice to Wes. It's always been, this has always been a relationship is it's not a problem until it isn't funny. Right. Right now it's funny. Okay. He still wakes up in his own body, sat at the bar at <laughs> six in the morning, ordering coffee, uh, which is funny. Uh, but the day it isn't funny is the yeah. day I'm going to be like, yo, that's but it's like i have a hard time not finding it funny you know that saying. that's also the day we stop being friends that's like, true i think i'm gonna choose this over you any day yeah, yeah <laughs> so just be careful when you call yeah that. it's probably a good call though is that, does, does it sound bad when i say nah, it's your thing? it's your call man it's your <laughs> call <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know you well enough uh, yeah, you got to be pretty far gone i think for for there to be an intervention oh we got stories yeah <laughs> i'll match you yeah i'll call your bluff no i'm thinking i'm fine thanks for, <laughs> thanks for making this all weird all of a sudden <laughs> uh, so is this your preferred uh is this your preferred brand no this is just what they buy oh okay yeah. i like it the money it's my money's preferred tight brand. around here so yeah. what's that's not a cheap beer I'm just fucking with you Zapporo, <laughs> that's the import no it's really i like it i just i don't have any allegiances i like um Going to like random breweries and trying all the new microbrewery shit. You know what the microbreweries have yeah, managed to Just so they don't master? judge him every day he comes in, he goes to a different <laughs> one. Support local. <laughs> microbreweries have managed to master non-alcoholic 
draft beer. Yeah, you know what? So, that every is one fucking of them true. Has so many now. Yeah. The, the, the and they The canned stuff, I don't like. The canned yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I don't. I never liked it much to begin with. And in early sobriety, as far as I'm concerned, it's a slippery slope. I would strongly advise against anyone going Doing down that road in early sobriety. Because you, because you get, you know, after two or three, you're like, well, well fuck. What the fuck, man? Mm-hmm. Give me a beer. If I'm going to drink this, give me a beer. They have a little that. bit of alcohol, right? I can see that. Like no, no, some no. of them have are like point five percent, yeah. Point zero five. But but there's a couple of um, there's a couple of breweries around Montreal. Um, there's one in Ganawage, Ganawage Brewing Company, and there's one out in Saint Polycarp, Schuin Microbrewery, uh, which is a really cool place. You can go out there and you you get your beer and you go out and you sit in the farmyard and you watch the rooster chase the chick the hens around and fuck them. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't want who doesn't want to do that yeah but definitely drink alcohol though yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they both they both you're a make psycho if you're just ordering like non-alcoholic beer watching these chickens fuck like that's kind of wild yeah, I, think, I think you have a bigger problem <laughs> they don't make um or they do make a really nice non-alcoholic draft and like i say my experience with non-alcoholic beer has been you know forget it i don't yeah. i don't want it it's, it tastes like piss it's not the real thing but the, yeah well yeah. it's not so much that it's not the real thing it just doesn't taste good it doesn't taste good but they through the whatever process they use at these microbreweries yeah. uh, when they make a draft and put it on tap they've made it pretty good the only thing is the last time i was out at shoeing i was out there with a friend of mine and i bought her a regular beer and i bought myself one of these non-alcoholic draft mine was eight bucks and hers was six. Oh, that's a bit far yeah Huh, I'm being alcohol. punished. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So just give me one with 100% alcohol for free. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's, yeah. That, that's yeah. how that works. I see. Yeah. That math checks out. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a problem. I'm getting 50 proof. <laughs> that's all good. Yeah. I've never... Uh... Well, thanks to this fucking podcast, my mom thinks I have much more of a drinking problem than I do. Well, because I'm the only one addressing it. I'm your closest friend. No, I know, I'm but like we, we constantly talk about any funny stories that come up, and she's a big fan of the podcast. She would never hear these. She would just go on thinking that I'm just a guy living my life. Instead, she's inundated with this bullshit. And Cindy, she... you're being lied to. Yeah, that's Cindy. what I'm trying to tell her. I'm like, don't believe everything you hear. We're making it up. We're making all these up. They're not real. <laughs> My mom listens to our podcast, uh, the podcast Terry and I do, and uh, she really enjoys it, except the language, boys, the language. Uh, really? Yeah. You guys are probably pretty tame, too. Probably fairly tame, but it's yeah. a chance for us to cut loose a little bit, yeah, you know, because, you know, obviously you can't you can't swear in the radio and there are, you know, certain topics that are off limits. But my mom's funny. Um, we did a podcast about, uh, I don't know how we got onto it, we were talking about about veterans and and World War II, which are uh, something. Uh, I'm a big World War II history buff. I knew a lot of. I'm old enough that I knew a lot of those guys, you know. Mm-hmm. And most of them are gone now. We're talking about Which it on the podcast. I was on the uh, Japanese side, as yeah. a matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big Tojo fan. Oh yeah, Axis guy. Axis guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, we were talking about it, and we got a little bit. I showed a picture of myself and my sons at my great uncle's grave uh, site in Italy. I'm named after my father's uncle who was killed in action in Italy in World War II. And there's a really nice picture of me and my boys at his headstone. And the body language on my boys is really cool. Like you can see from their body language that they understand they're somewhere really special. Mm. So we're talking about this and I'm getting a little bit verklempt, you know, and I'm choking up a tiny bit. Anyway, my mom, um, about a week later, she cuts out, my mom doesn't, if she sends me something, she doesn't uh, cut and paste a link and email it to me. She actually physically cuts out the the article from the newspaper puts it in an envelope, puts the stamp on the envelope, and mails it to yeah, me. Yeah, that's a copy paste. Set. <laughs> so two weeks later, I get this article, and I forget what it was. It was, but it was something about 
about World War II and veterans, and she put a little note in, and she said, here's something about the veterans. You and Terry can talk about it on the podcast. Oh, how sweet. And cry. Oh. <laughs> and then she signed it with a swastika. Yeah. <laughs> Rising sun. Oh. Yeah, I can't have those talks with my uh, with my family. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on the. But my mom's German, so. Oh yeah. Yeah, very very hush hush uh, yeah. when it comes to. <laughs> what, I don't know why you guys on all the uniforms. That was the weird part about you. My house. grandma's still. I know she's. Well, so, the black is very well, slimming, you know. Yeah, she's passed. She passed away. Uh, what was it last year? But she uh, or two years ago. Two years ago. Two yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um and uh, yeah, she still had like the World War One. Uniform intact, uh, two, I believe. Yeah, we talk about it so much. Yeah, one is okay for people to talk about for some reason, too. Like, we don't talk about two. Yeah, well, I think I think there was some. It was less of a criminal enterprise in one. I think it was yeah. just they had the spike hats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, I think the the Kaiser was just uh, well. Listen, we're you know treaty obligated to fight yeah. these guys because we're on these guys' That's side, right, yeah. and those guys attack these guys. That was my understanding yeah. of World War One. Yeah, it was a domino effect. Yeah, you know, one guy got shot, and then all of a sudden everybody's fighting. Uh, yeah, everybody else. World I did War Two was more complex. Yeah, they, uh, yeah. Well, it was it was the treaty right that that um, that they made them sign where they're. Like the Treaty of Versailles, the Treaty of Versailles, yeah. where they're so, like you can't have more than hundred thousand yeah. soldiers. It was so punitive to Germany, yeah, and, and it backfired. Yeah, well, exactly, and and mm. Hitler used it as uh, as a grievance. Yeah, and a lot of people felt the same way. Yeah, yeah. and he got everybody all fired up. I do a thing on. <laughs> really? uh, then he kind of snuck the Jews in. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just he really did. He was like everybody was on board. He was like right wing, like hey, they're they're putting too many restrictions on us, which was true. And, you know, obviously something's going to happen. And then he's like, oh, and also the Jews. And we were like, yeah, what the <laughs> wait, fuck? What? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that was in his book, but I've never read it. Yeah. 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 No, I didn't read it either. Audiobooked it. It's wild. <laughs> in the in the original German? Yeah. <laughs> mein Kampf. Yeah. No, no, no. You got to get someone to yell it. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, no, it is why I can't. Yeah, I never. I remember when I was a kid, um, there was a big change jar. My uncle had this giant, like, wine bottle, I guess, filled with like change. And I'd have fun pouring it out as a kid and just looking at the coins and throwing it back, trying to find the oldest one. Sure. Or like a gold coin, maybe, you know, never going to find it, but it was like treasure. And I remember picking up like Fennings with like the the symbol, the swastika symbol. Because they were like in the early 40s or whatever it was. Isn't it pronounced Pfenning? Yeah, Pfenning. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it was it was just like a wild realization to me as like a young really a child. coin with a swastika a swastika on it. Yeah, wow, yeah, they had crazy. Fennings. They yeah. were like one Fenning, five Fenning, and and there's the eagle with the like swastika under it. I remember I was like, oh shit, that's wild. Like I remember <laughs> thinking to myself, and I was super young. But like, still like, very curious. Like, oh, what's this? And my mom explained it to me. I was like, oh, that's fucked up. Hmm. Knowing that young, I was like, oh, huh, wild. This yeah. is my lineage. <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah. 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 I brought some money home from nineteen twenty. Yeah, twenties okay. I just went to Germany. Yeah. Well, you're good. Twenties in the pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You're between nice. wars in nineteen twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's great. It was like Reich dollars or something. It was like yeah, yeah. with the first Reich, I guess. Or oh no, uh, that's not twenties. <laughs> that's late thirties. Sounds like Reichsmarks. Yeah, they yeah. were worthless. Yeah. My grandma had briefcases full of them. Still. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I've seen the buy yeah, bread with it. Yeah. Wheelbarrow full of uh, full of bills to go buy a loaf of bread. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't. It was worthless. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not good times in Germany in the twenties. Yeah. 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 He put his face on the money too, which is wild. Americans mm. like, why are they putting Charlie Chaplin on their money? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. You know. You know. He was born a week away. 
They were born a week apart, Charlie Chaplin and Hitler. I didn't know that, no. It was wild. I always thought it was wild that he still rocked the mustache during that entire time. I was like, nope. <laughs> and then he made The Dictator, the movie, where he made fun of you know yeah, Hitler because yeah, yeah. he felt he had to because he was yeah. rocking this mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You guys know Harrison Weinreb? No. no. Montreal comic. Very funny guy. He had a, he's, uh, got a pretty good following on Twitter, and he had a tweet recently, and he goes, everyone talks about... Would you go back in time and kill baby Hitler? <laughs> Hitler was a baby? <laughs> this just keeps getting wilder. So funny. <laughs> He's very clever, Harrison. He's very clever. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Smart, smart tell, funny. Pan, tell us your joke about like the, the, the parents trying to like save the baby. From I heard you guys. Yeah, I heard that. That was great. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. That was terrific. That's By the way, I talked to Poseidon on the way up today. And I said, I'm going up to do the, um, Poseidon, who was Pantelis' yeah. producer, I said, I'm going up to do the uh, the podcast with Chris and Wes. And he goes, uh, he says, don't let those guys put things in your ass, those wizards. <laughs> <laughs> well. We do that off air. Yeah, yeah, just think of a car. Yeah. Um, Dude, I came here one time and I went to Avis Rentals to rent a car. And I see this guy looks just like Poseidon. Take a picture of him, send it to all the boys. Dude, I laughed so hard. Are you sure like, it wasn't him? It was him. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, know He didn't know. So I go, I was about to tell this guy, I'm like, you look just like my friend. And he's like, hey, man. I'm like, oh. And it got so much sadder. <laughs> so <laughs> Nothing funny. Nothing wrong with working there. Right, but like, uh, come so on. funny. Uh, he's really, he's funny. He's, 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 I do a podcast with him and another funny. Greek guy, and I'm the only one in the podcast who doesn't say bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bro. fucking Laval. Like, That's a Greek thing. Greek yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were talking about. Bro. I was talking about. I had bro. to take my. I had to take my brother to. Uh, get his colonoscopy he couldn't drive home obviously because they get you all hepped up doctors like bro spread your cheeks so i'm telling uh i'm telling george and poseidon this that i got to go from boucherville all the way to the jewish general and then back to boucherville again and i said maybe i'll just do the colonoscopy myself you know i had rectal cancer i know the drill yeah i know how it works i'll put a camera on the end of a coat hanger and go up there and have a look and poseidon goes uh what's that thing uh what's that thing that guys have in their asshole that inflates and I said, uh, prostate? Yeah, don't pull out his prostate by mistake. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Oh, shit. Yeah, I can imagine going to the doctor in the West Island. She'd be like, Bro. <laughs> Take your pants off, bro. <laughs> what are you doing? Bro, Spread your right. cheeks. I'm going to put my GoPro up there, bro. Yeah. You had prostate cancer? Uh, rectal, actually, the rectal sexy cancer. one. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. the sexy one. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Hello, ladies. Yeah, that's the one the ladies love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. When'd you find that out? That what? was 2015, oh, and uh, yeah, I went in. Not I, too long I, ago. Yeah, I went in for a colonoscopy, and the doctor came into the waiting room after the recovery room afterwards, and he said, "We found something, but it's treatable, curable, and operable. Treatable, operable, and curable, and we're going to take care of you." Nice. And I took him at his word, and uh, it was stage three. And uh, I did. Jesus. S- I did some radiation for uh, I don't know several months, I guess, and uh, yeah, I went into remission and D- to shrink for, it down. Is that what I they- guess? Yeah. Well, they eliminated it. Yeah. So I've been through good. radiation. Yeah. Wow. So I've been good for uh, I think 2016, seven years now. And they say after five years, if you make if you make you're it through clear. five years, you're yeah, like the, the odds are greatly diminished. Amazing. Of wow. uh, of a recurrence. So that's yeah. scary. Yeah. Stage yeah. three is pretty serious. That sounds yep. like, well, if there's 10 stages, it's not that bad. Well, if there's 10 stages, no, <laughs> it's not that four, bad. Right? If there's four, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was really amazing how this guy's bedside manner, 
how he reassured me right out of the gate. He said, we're going to take care of you. And I didn't doubt it for a minute. Yeah. I didn't doubt it for a minute. Wow. And that probably helped a lot. Definitely, yeah. You know? Right. Your, your, mindset. Yeah, your mindset. I yeah. think like they should do that even if it's not true. Yeah. What's his out if it isn't true? Eh? Yeah. Is you're dead. So it's okay. You yeah, don't maybe. come back at him. That's like, right. Do you know what I mean? So you can just tell everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Then I had to do chemo as a precautionary. They, they put me through, I think, um, what did I do? They wanted to put me through eight rounds of precautionary chemo. And I Is think, that after? Yeah. And I think after, uh, like, just to build up, uh, I guess, your immunity or whatever. And, and after six rounds, I said, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. I'm fucking done. It fuck you up? Yeah. 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 It was like, you know... Uh, Sorry to be graphic, but it was no, go for it. it was like shitting razor blades. Wow. That's Damn. what it felt like when I went to the bathroom. Wow. It was like shitting razor blades. And I said to the doctor, I'm done. Yeah. And he said, you know what? Six out of eight's not bad. Ted Williams didn't hit 750, so yeah. we're, gonna, we're <laughs> yeah. gonna let you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fuck, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. Good for yeah. you. Yeah, well, you know what? It's it gives you a great perspective uh, on life. You know, yeah. if I'm having a shitty day, I can always think, let's see, I had cancer and now I don't. So yeah, I guess it true. could always be worse, you know? Yeah. Holy shit, that's crazy. Yeah. I would um, not like to be shitting razor blades. I've had Mexican mm. food, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> Close. Yeah. Indian, too. Actually, hot yeah. pot twice, two days in a row. Oy. Fuck me up. Yeah. Not even kidding. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Probably even worse. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about worse, but it could have been just as bad. I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So what do you, uh, what's, what's next for you? What do you, what are, Oh, just what I'm, just what I'm continuing to do. I'm, uh, I'm going to have to work for five years after I'm dead. There's no retiring for me. Yeah. Two yeah. expensive divorces. Yeah. But you know what? That's fine. Whatever. I like my job. I love my job. I like working and I feel like I'm, you'd be uh, bored without I'm, it. Yeah. Know? Yeah, Terry yeah. Terry uh, struggles. Like yeah. he misses he misses the microphone. He misses engaging people. He misses telling stories. Yeah. You know, he's a guy who's got a lot to say, and yeah. he's not a blowhard. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's one thing if there's a blowhard who's got a lot to say. Yeah, take the fucking microphone away from that guy. Yeah. But this is an intelligent, engaging guy who's got a lot to say, and he really misses it. So thank God for the podcast. It gives him an opportunity to, uh, you know, to do what uh, what he loves to do. Do you like this? Do you like podcasting more than radio? It's different. It's apples yeah. and oranges. What I like about it is what we talked about earlier. You can cut loose a little bit more. Yeah. It's a little bit less structured. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can go down uh, roads that you can't go down on the radio. You can have a lot more guests on a podcast. Like on a music radio show, you have a guest in and you've got three minutes. Oh, right. You right. Know? Yeah. So. Yeah, dude. Damn. That's wild. Yeah. That is crazy. You got to cram that into three minutes. And yeah. Yeah, but it's 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 um it's nice to have the radio background that you can bring to podcasting so you've got a leg up right out of the gate. But also I've been watching a lot and listening to a lot of podcasts, a lot of talented people out there. Yeah. Who've Thanks, got a man. lot who've got a lot to say. Well, I, you I was thinking of you first and foremost. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> Just tell me it's fine. What would uh no, went on my head. All right. That's how talented well, I am. Well, nice. Thank you. Really <laughs> lived up good to Good segue. That. Right. I, had, yeah. no, I had a good one, too. Like, I had a back. great fucking question. Oh, what, no. Uh, no. Ah, what podcast go. do you listen to? What's like a, what's a decent podcast? I'll tell you one I really like. is uh, It's called Trish Wood is Critical. It's a woman who I used to work with many years ago named Trish Wood. She's a journalist. She went on to work at- Sounds like a country singer. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. She worked at uh, the Fifth Estate. And oh, she yeah. worked at As It Happens on CBC, and she's very, very smart. And and every one of her podcasts, 
is like she has great guests on her podcast, and every one of them is like eavesdropping on the smartest people in the room at a party. Mm. Oh, um, that's cool. She's that's a good way to put it. She's a classic liberal, but she's now gone over to the dark side because the left has gone. She likes to say, and I've heard a lot of people say this for a classic liberals who've gone more to the right. The left didn't, no, I didn't leave the left. The left left me. Right, yeah. And so Chris, uh, uh, Trish is is um, is more conservative now. Yeah. And uh, But that works for me because I'm a get a haircut, get a real job conservative. So yeah. I love listening. I, I love listening to her. Um, I like Rogan. I like, uh, I listened to a great podcast. Adam Carolla had uh, Tucker Carlson on. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, last week or the week before. And it was really fascinating. And I know a lot of people don't like Tucker Carlson. That would but be. the guy's the guy's very bright. He's wow. very informed and he's very accomplished. Like he's not a lunatic, you know? And it was an, it was an interesting uh, podcast to listen to. And I it's used to listen guess. to New York Giants podcasts until they shit the bed in the season opener. And I'm <laughs> fucking done with them. <laughs> until they win. Yeah. And then, and then I'm, I'm signing bad. up for the Patreon. Yeah. Oh, shit. I like, uh, I haven't listened to it in a while, but I like... Um, uh, Pantelis and Mike and Poseidon on yeah. Two Drink Minimum. Two Drink Minimum yeah. is like one of my go-tos. Yeah. I like it. I like that one more than the French one. The French cast? Uh, yeah, because yeah, I don't understand. Or Suzy Kut. Yeah. Suzy Kut's great. I don't understand. I love Suzy Kut. It doesn't I, help me. Yeah, I wish... I tried a couple times. I wish it was in English because I, I also have low attention span for just other languages in general uh, just because I think in English. So uh, even French, well, I can be on it. I can sit through podcasts, but it's not my go-to. Yeah. Because uh, I gotta think, you know. So if I'm, oh yeah, driving or something, listening, I driving gotta... your car that drives itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So don't feel bad, tough. man. I've lived in Quebec for 37 years, and my French fucking blows. It's terrible because I'm able to live in an English bubble. Yeah, I live in an English milieu. Yeah. I live in an English neighborhood. I work at an English radio station. So what I I've been doing, I've been listening to a lot of French radio just for myself yeah. to, to make my French better. And it helps a little bit. Yeah, and everybody listening. needs a little cringe in their life. Well, I was listening one day recently and I could have sworn that um, the guy was doing the weather and I thought I, I thought he said uh, probabilité de maize. And I thought, there's a chance of corn? <laughs> I hope it comes down in niblets and not on the cob. Somebody could get hurt. I guess what he said was demain, and I heard demaze, you know? <laughs> so I've still got a ways the to go. The rapture is happening. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> Just corn falling from yeah. the skies. Uh, we misread the text yeah. all these years. A plague of corn. Yeah, it's not locusts at all. Oh, man. Uh, all right. Oh, I, I remember what I was going to ask you. When you're... Uh, uh, doing your, you know, you, you have a guest three minutes, whatever, and you got to play music. Do you have to listen to that music all the time, or can you just great question? No, 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 can you, I, the, you just mute it. No, all no, no, I, I can mute it. And there's a lot of uh, in commercial radio. There's there's a high uh, so repeat factor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. But you know what? And I find I don't like that about our radio station. If I was programming our radio station, I would make changes to the music. But then I meet people like I did last weekend when I was doing this remote broadcast. Listeners are coming up. We love the music. We love the music. Don't you find it too repetitive? Oh, no, no, no. We yeah. love it. But I guess it's because they're, not, li back they're black, not listening all day. Four times an hour. <laughs> yeah. What do they say about AC? Can't get enough. What do they say about them? They've they've uh, re-released the same album like 13 Dude, times. Yeah, <laughs> I have a theory about this. Yeah. Because growing up in Germany as well, this was also prevalent in Germany where you had stars like David Hasselhoff blow up for no fucking reason in Germany, right? Like No they, they, reason? He's a fucking god. Right? But like, <laughs> so here's the thing. Or like Elvis is big here in Quebec as well, right? Yeah, Elvis, right. ACC. And I think it's all about what 
uh, French people can sing. <laughs> yeah, I think so if funny. they can sing it, they love it. And if it's like, back it black, rub it that, and nobody really knows what he's saying, and they're all singing yeah. along, and they're like, yeah, we like it. I think, that's my theory. Why yeah. isn't mumble rap more popular here, then? Well, that's why, because they, they can't sing it. Oh, okay. They, don't they love uh, British prog rock. Bands like really? Supertramp. Supertramp, back in the day, would play for a club. Like prog... P R O G yeah, or P R A G Progressive No Progressive oh, Rock. Yeah. <laughs> like some obscure <laughs> Super Tramp back in the day would play a club in the States for two hundred people. Then they'd come to Montreal and fill the forum yeah. the next night. Yeah. There's something about a cult following here, right? That like yep. they, we like certain yep. artists big time, and they're gonna make it big here, like yep. huge. Mm. Yeah, Super Tramp. I think Montreal really went a long way towards putting Super Tramp on the map. Yeah. yeah, they're like the Japan of Canada. Yeah, Genesis. Montrealers love Genesis. It's that British progressive that is true. rock. I don't know yeah. why they just love it. They love it. When that you, is true. When did you move here? You were a Maritimes guy, right? Yeah, and I moved here in '85. I moved out of the Maritimes in '79. Here for a few months, Toronto for five years, and then back here in '85. And when you hit here, you're just like, "This is me now." You like, well, I wasn't. I didn't decide this is me now, but that's the way it's turned out. Okay. So I'm good with that. Okay. Yeah. Seventies. You're doing drugs. Oh fuck. LSD. Yeah. All this stuff. Yeah. Did yeah. you ever? I was still doing that in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Have you? Did you? Did you ever like? like party too hard and then like have to go on air was there ever like a, a time because i could imagine myself in my early 20s if i had to be on the radio yeah half the time i might have been on drugs yeah um i can remember smoking a joint before going on Ooh. going to work yeah and a lot of guys still do that yeah i haven't done it in a long time the last time i smoked a joint and this is the one blemish on my sobriety 26 and a half years, but it was right after I had recovered from the cancer. Oh, yeah. And I was. That's I, medication. There you go. So I'm dating this woman and uh, I'm over at her place and she pulls a, a bag of pot out of the freezer. And the first thing I thought was, well, that's where they're keeping it now. <laughs> and in the time it took her to roll a joint, I thought to myself, well, you know what? I, alcohol is my problem. I'll be fine smoking a joint. Huh. Yeah. So I smoked the joint with her. I took a couple of hits. I had a panic attack. Oh, shit. Honestly? I passed out. Whoa. And she thought I was dead and called the ambulance. Oh, oh fuck me. So the ambulance shows up. Ugh. I'm on the couch. The worst. Yeah, I've come around. I'm on the couch, and the ambulance attendant takes my uh, takes my vitals and figures out I'm okay. And she says, uh, when was the last time you smoked up? And I said, 1997. And this is 2016. <laughs> and she said, do you realize how much stronger it is today than it was yeah. in 1997? And I said, well, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> You're here. Yeah. So lesson <laughs> learned. Yeah. So I called my, actually, I called my AA sponsor the next day and I told him what happened. Yeah. And I said, do I recalibrate my sobriety date? Do I take a newcomer chip at the next meeting? And he goes, if you go on the marijuana maintenance plan, Yes. If it was a one-off, I wouldn't worry about it. Nice. And it was a one-off yeah. because uh, never again. Thank God but, you didn't love it. But did, yeah, you guys yeah. did you guys hook up that night, though? Um, not that night. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> not that. Like that. No. Him what and the paramedic on the other comeback. hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big comeback in the ninth. The ambulance attendant was actually quite cute. Yeah, yeah from what I remember. She, yeah. she looked like a cheeseburger. <laughs> Man, you got to be some kind of fucking... <laughs> Beautiful dude to pick up when someone's attending to you, like an ambulance attendant. Yeah, you're like, and you're worse. Yeah, you she falls there. For you? You're fucking doing yeah. good. You're, that's a good point. Yeah, Having the ambulance it. attendant fall for you while she's taking care of you. Yeah, that's yeah, hardcore. That's a, that's but isn't really that crazy? Eh? Like I'm, I'm 19 years sober, and they talk about, you know, alcoholism 
being cunning, baffling, and powerful. Mm. And it was the ism that kicked in, right? Mm. Because I'm looking at that reefer and I'm going, you know what? I could do that. Like yeah. after 19 years and like that, oh. I convinced myself yeah. that I could do it. Wild. So you got to stay on top of it. You got to you know? be vigilant. And I had, I had kind of drifted away from meetings. I wasn't real plugged into, yeah. uh, to the AA program at that time. You felt yourself getting sucked exactly, back in. Exactly. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was a, uh, the conditions were, uh, were ripe. Yeah. And uh, you're yeah. making Wes so thirsty right now. But I know that I, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, no, I still be here. I'm good. Uh, but I've been thinking about it a lot. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the A is the only way I think that's yeah. the only proof in my experience. Yeah. I tried I to quit so. drinking on my own once I went 18 months. Nice. Oh, wow. That sounds like, yeah, but you know what? You couldn't have pulled a pin out of my ass with a tractor for those 18 months. I was so fucking wound up. I was so miserable. I was New Brunswick so... fucking expression. Of, I've ever heard one. I've never. I was so miserable. And if you want to make time stand still, don't have a drink for 18 months. But don't do anything to try to recover right you know right. and meanwhile while i'm not drinking i'm still smoking reefer yeah i'm still going to the bars and i'm still doing blow yeah fortunately for wow. me i was never i was blow never without alcohol yeah that's a yeah. wild time yeah <laughs> try doing a half a gram sometime without a cocktail to take the edge off yeah. there's not a lot of serenity yeah, right, there you say yeah. so i'll give it a go yeah. <laughs> happily for me i never the only cocaine i ever got addicted to was yours Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. So I, I never went. To, I never went hard. Like, I like the smell of my friend's keys. <laughs> yeah. I never went hard down that road. But yeah. yeah. But you're right about. And then I went to AA and paid lip service to it. Uh, yeah. Didn't do anything that that is suggested. Mm. And I lasted 14 months. Went back out and drank again. And this time around, I went in and and you know I found some. Uh, I scoped out some people who had. You know the kind of sobriety that I wanted, and I said, "Right, what do I do?" And they That's said, "Well, a here's big what part we did." Yeah, to have have that type of encouragement around yeah. you, and that that yeah, because you know, yeah. or else you have no one to relate to, and you ask yourself, "Well, I, I don't think I'm doing anything wrong," because no one else finds this to be a problem. Yeah, right. Now, in my experience, anybody who's done the twelve steps to the best of their ability, and then continues to go to meetings on a regular basis, and I heard a great. Uh, in early sobriety, I heard a great uh, analogy for that. An old guy said, uh, AA meetings for him are the spiritual gym. Mm. Nice. He said, if I want to stay physically fit, I go to the gym three, four times a week. If I want to stay spiritually fit, I go to AA three or four times a week. Nice. So that's what I do, and uh, and, it, and it works for me. Like yeah. I, I love drinking. I fucking loved it. I loved everything about it except what it did to me. Yeah. Mm. But I loved the taste. I loved the ceremony. I loved the camaraderie. Yeah. Uh, and um, But uh, arguably... And- you can get all those things without it, and that's like the thing. It's like, it, well, yeah, you think course. it's a crutch. Well, it's because you have to. But we're change. having fun right yeah. now. Well, exactly because you know I've come to realize I don't have a drinking problem. I have a living problem, yeah. and I used to use alcohol to deal with my living problem. Mm-hmm. Right now, I have this program of recovery that I use. Yeah. And ever you know, since I started vaping, I'm good. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have no problems. Yeah. And I try not. I try not to be preachy about it. And especially if I'm trying to help other people, you know, I just tell them, "Here's what worked for me." It's not you should do this and you should. Here's what worked for me. Yeah. And the twelve steps. It says so in the literature. It's a suggested program of recovery, right? Right. Nice. People say, "Oh, fucking AA. It's a it's a religious cult." No, it's not. Yeah. You know, religion is dogma. Yeah. You know, a religion says if you do not do X, the consequences will be Y. Yeah. 
You know, when Moses went up on the mountain, he didn't go up there with the 10 suggestions. Right. right. He went up there with some pretty hard and fast rules, right? Yeah. And woe betide anybody who doesn't follow them. But in AA, here's what we suggest. Here's what works for us. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. You're still welcome. If you want to go out and drink again, there's the door. Away you go. We'll be here if you decide yeah. you want to come back. I still prefer Scientology. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I drove by their office on Papineau the other day. Yeah, they I didn't even here, know they right? had one. Yeah, yeah. it's like fucking Scientology. Fucking wild, isn't yeah. it? You, you hear that? Uh, you pay enough, you get to meet JC. That's the yeah. deal. You hear that uh, the guy from the 70s show is getting like 30 years for rape or whatever? Masterson. Daddy, Daddy Masterson, Masterson. Masterson, yeah. So, like, you Scientologists, I thought they like yeah. worked all that shit out all the time. I thought they were like always good on defense in Scientology. Yeah, I, I thought guess they, like, They're too hard on the offense. I, I was really, like, I was surprised. And yes. there's a big shitstorm over some of his co-stars Ashton, writing letters Ashton of and support. Mila Kunis yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, they had to make an apology video because they they vouched for him. Yes, I saw it. They I didn't I didn't watch him. it, but I saw. They vouched yeah. for his character, yeah. and that's the other thing, though, is like yeah. that's a pickle to be in when let's yeah. say I've known you for as long, and I say no, dude, everything Wes has ever shown me, yeah. everything of it, I have to be true to that, and it's not to it's not to to be against the victims, but yeah. it's like I know this person. It's like when he's not raping, he's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> and like that you can yeah. say that, right? Like less minus that's rape is a yeah. great yeah. time. Yeah. 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 No rapes and he was yeah. you know. on that note. Yeah. Guys, I think that's a good note to go out on. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so uh we're we we do a Patreon afterwards. Are you comfortable sticking around or do you got a jet? No, I don't have to jet. I'll stick around. I was when I was listening to you guys earlier the the episode with your wife and you go, okay, we're gonna do the Patreon now. And I'm like, all right, the Patreon and then it ended. Yeah. There was no Patreon. Yeah, no. So that means you got to pay to hear the Patreon? That's is that right. the way that works? Okay. Yeah, yeah. The Patreon yeah. is a it's five a, bucks a month. It's a great time to actually pitch it. the only thing that supports this fucking podcast. Yeah. We okay, ads. well, pitch that bad boy. Yeah, so we get we, we go for uh, an extra episode in overtime, and, uh, and, and we can say whatever the fuck we want because it's honestly just very... Not like we aren't saying what we want, but also yeah. you guys want to stick around for what we're going to say. I'll tell you that. That's Patreon. Right. Anyways. <laughs> I just ranted bitch. like Joe Biden there at the end. Terrible. We'll see you guys. Uh, We're gonna have to escort friends. you off the stage, I'm afraid. Yeah, <laughs> we'll leave it. We'll leave a link to Ted's podcast below. Go check it out. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for being here. Thanks, guys, for having me. We'll see you on the Patreon. Bottom of the barrel. Bottom of the barrel. Where we always feel so tall. Bottom of the barrel. Bottom of the barrel. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.